Hi, and welcome to another great message from Noosa Church. We pray that you're impacted and inspired by this teaching. For more information and service times, check out our website at noosa.church. Enjoy. So my question for you today, this morning, is are you hungry enough? Are you hungry enough? Kristen and I, we have two children, beautiful children, Sienna and Arabella, and I love them dearly. But at dinner time, let's say that from time to time they can be um, problematic and... uh, They're starving just before dinner and then till they discover what we're about to feed them for dinner. Once they've figured out what we're having, they go from starving to being too tired to eat. Look, Mum, we can't, you know. And then somehow we manage to, to, through amazing negotiation skills and threats and management and teaching moments and all these sorts of things, we get them through the meal or... You know, and then they're all of a sudden starving for some sort of follow-up food. And then their tiredness evaporates immediately when it's bedtime. I'm not even tired. I don't know about you, but I don't think my kids are hungry enough sometimes. They're not hungry enough for what we're, what we're presenting to them. They're not hungry enough for those, for those um, the great things. They, they love the dessert, but will they eat the vegetables? The question I have for you, church, is are you hungry enough to receive the good food that God has for you? We all love the dessert. We all love the dessert of God, don't we? But God has some good substantial food, some fibrous food that's going to help your system run smooth. And create energy. It's going to give you energy for the day to do these things. It's going to actually give you energy for eternal life. So I want to challenge you today in your spiritual pursuit. See, Jesus said, come, follow me. But there's a qualification around his following, wasn't there? The qualification was, by the way, I'm headed in the direction of eternal life. You see, where did Jesus, sometimes when we say, I want to follow you, Lord Jesus, where is Jesus going? When you read the Gospels, where Jesus went, sometimes you really don't want to actually be where Jesus is going. Because he's going to some pretty dark places to rescue some people. And when we follow Jesus, we join him on that journey. We join him on on that story in his will. But we know that at the other end of that, once we've eaten the vegetables, once we've eaten the spiritual vegetables and we've partnered with with Jesus in his will, guess what? We step into this place of eternal life and glory. We want the dessert, but do we want the main meal? You know, people said to people in Matthew 8 20, it says, A certain scribe came and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus is saying, look, if you're coming to me so that, so that I will bless you with a new house, that's not where I'm going here. I will go at some point and prepare a place for you in eternal life. But right now, my will is to do the will of the Father. The question is, are you hungry enough 
to allow Jesus to transform your eternal life. I see it regularly, in, it's in the natural, in my own life, in some of your lives, in others. You know, people have got talent and skill, and they've got dreams and visions, but do they, are they hungry enough to go through what it takes to get to the other side, to see the fulfilment of the vision? Sometimes we're hungry and we head in the direction of something, but then we satisfy ourselves with something outside of the vision God's given us, and we lose our hunger. Proverbs 16, 26, a worker's appetite works for him, for his hunger urges him on. Where is your hunger urging you this morning, church? You know, I've become quite close friends with a guy by the name of Tom. He's been around for a while. He's scribbled a few notes down. Some of them have turned into books. And one of the things he said was this. Let me read it to you. It was, it, it challenged, it's challenged me for many, many years, and I've been reading it over and over again. And um, because of what I want you to have, church, is I want to, I want you to have the full gospel. I don't want to, I don't want, you know, I don't, I don't want you to, to have an increment or an element of the gospel. I want you to grasp the full gospel. And and Tom, who you, some of you may know as Thomas Akempis from 1600, he said this. Jesus has many lovers of his heavenly kingdom, but few bearers of his cross. He has many seekers of comfort, but few of his trials. He finds many companions of his table, but few of his fasting. All desire to rejoice with him, but few are willing to undergo anything for his sake. Many follow Jesus that they may eat of his loaves, but few that they may drink of the cup of his passion. Many are astonished at his miracles. You follow after the shame of the cross. But those who love Jesus for Jesus' sake, bless him in all tribulation and anguish of heart. And if he never gave them consolation, they would still praise him and give him thanks. That's a hard pill to swallow sometimes, isn't it? Because we need to be rescued. A lot of times in life, we're seeking to be rescued by God. And, and through His generosity and His grace, He delivers us from time to time. But He wants to invite us into a deeper truth. He wants to invite us into a substance beyond the moment. He wants to invite you into an eternal substance that's going to give you strength for the season that's ahead. Because He wants to know, are you hungry enough to walk the full blessing? God's got such a, a blessing to give to His church and to humanity. But if we're not hungry enough, we will just go for the dessert and we will miss the main meal and we won't get strong enough for the next day. It's important, church, that you seek to hear the full gospel. John 8, 31, it says, you know, we know it well. Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Not some of the truth, the whole truth. The whole gospel, the eternal transforming truth. In this journey of transformation, what the Bible calls sanctification, it's seen throughout creation. I love it that creation reflects our relationship with God. Jesus says, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. You can still remain a seed your whole life unless, you know, without going through the process of dying and, and, and walking the full gospel. 
But if you do pursue God with all of your heart, if you do pursue the full gospel and you allow him to, 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 to invite you into his will, we can reproduce. We can see generations saved. We can see people around us saved. The community will see Christ in us. You know, it's the tearing of muscle and it's repair that makes a, mus- makes a muscle bigger and stronger. You don't just get a body like this sitting around. You've actually got to do some work. You've got to tear, you've got to feel pain. If you want to achieve what I've achieved in such a short period of time, you've got to allow those muscles to be torn and experience pain for a few days. And as it repairs, guess what? There's a strength that comes to you. In the spring, we cut back, don't we? We, take, we go to the hedges and we cut them right back in the spring so that, so that we don't just get caught with these tangent shoots coming out of our lives. We have this full body, don't we? But it requires trimming back in the spring so that when the, when the summer growth period comes, guess what? We're growing full. We're not growing in tangents. It would be a lot easier at our dinner table if we just skipped to the main meal and got to dessert every night. Wouldn't it? But it'd only be good in the moment because we'd have sick, unhealthy kids and we'd be, be knocking on Dr. Ash's door seeking some sort of pill to solve our bad parenting. See, this is why faith inspired by hope is the path to transformation and relationship with God. See, the goal is not that you would, you would taste something that is good. The goal is that you would be in relationship with the Father. That we need to have a hope that if we put our lives, if I put my life in His will, in the long run, few things will happen. He'll be glorified. I'll be in an eternal relationship with God. And everyone will be better for it. So how do we believe in this pursuit of God? How do we get hungry? Another question, how do we stay hungry? I don't know about you, but I, you know, I've ebbed and flowed in my spiritual hunger over the years. And, you know, and, I, and I repent before you for, for those um, many months. You probably know them when, you know, when I haven't been as hungry as I could have been for the Lord and for his ways. And the outcome of that has been messages that do not add life to you. And my prayer is that God spoke to you even though the lunatic up the front was not listening. Let's be real, church. We ebb and flow, don't we? Let's, let's, let's stir up one another to become a hungry people who are ready to receive the good food that God has for us. Matthew 3 is our scripture for this morning. Let's see what we can figure out in there. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John himself was clothed in camel hair with a leather belt around his waist and, food, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem, all Judea and all the region came 
All the region around Jordan went out to him and were baptised by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. Here's a crazy question. Why were people heading out into the wilderness, into the middle of nowhere, to a guy who's wearing, uh, you know, know, what what was he wearing? He was wearing camel's hair. He was wearing a leather belt and his food was locusts and wild honey. Why follow John the Baptist church? Why would we follow John the Baptist? But people were coming from everywhere. There was nothing of earthly desire in him, yet all people were going to him. Here's where we go wrong, church. We go wrong when we buy an espresso machine because George Clooney told us to. Has anyone bought an espresso machine purely because George Clooney told them to? Liars. There was no celebrity endorsement in the wilderness that day. There was no fancy lights, camera, fog action. You know what I mean? There was no guest Californian song worship leader wooing us with his beautiful tones. Here's a warning, church. Don't be wooed by the trappings. Don't be wooed by the building, the person, the place. Look deeper. Look deeper, church. Those things are fine. They're fine. But if we follow them, if we pursue them, we will live a life of desert and we will never gain the substance that Christ wants in us so that we can walk according to His will. He can be glorified. We can be eternal and the world will be better for it. Look deeper. What are you looking for? This is what you need to look for in me. You need to question me. You need to challenge me. You need to challenge our worship leaders. Do you have an eternal hope? One of the biggest battles that we have is is when people congratulate our event instead of see our pursuit. It's a harder thing to find, but I want to challenge you this morning. Don't be wooed by what you see with your natural eyes. Look deeper and see if there is an eternal hope and see if there is an awe of God. If I don't have an awe of God, if I am not seeing God, if I'm not in creation going, wow, thank you, Lord, then I'm the wrong guy to be standing here today. Please keep us accountable to true things. A lot of times us leaders, we get caught following what you want instead of being obedient to what God has said. I want to invite you into the journey today. For those of you who don't trust the church, this is wisdom for you. Seek eternal authenticity. First in yourself and then in those around you. I mean, listen to how hard he was to the Jewish elite. Verse 7, it says, But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, Wow, he said, brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not think to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Wow. Can you imagine receiving that? The spiritual elite being spoken to that from a guy eating Locusts and wild honey wearing camel's hair in the desert. 
Now, I'm not a Jew, so I reject everything he said. He was obviously talking to Jews. In fact, as I think about it, I'm probably more closely related to Pontius Pilate than I am to the Jews. So how do I gain insight from this? How do we gain insight from this? Here's something each of us have to face as an individual. The faith of your family, the faith of your church, the country you were born in, it's not your faith. It's not yours. It's a blessing. It's a blessing to be born in this country. It's a blessing to grow up in the church. It's a blessing to have a Christian family. But it doesn't make you a follower of Jesus. It's a great gift and it opens a great door for you, but we each must choose to pursue. There is no such thing as inherited salvation or faith by association. Too many times do I chat to people who have left this church to move to another town and they lose their faith because they, their, their bond was to an organisation, to a group of people, not to the Lord. Guess what? You can have both, church. It's great. I love being a part of this community. You know, Chris and I have been here 23 years in this church and, and you know, it, it, it's, it's almost more our family than our family who live in Western Australia. It's a, it's, a, it's a blessing to be part of this place. But guess what? If we get called to leave this place and move out across the other side of the highway where the beards and the mullets exist, in Christians, Mary Valley Church. Guess what? We're still going to worship the Lord because we're in awe of Him. And our hope is not in this place. Our hope is not that, 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 that Noosa Church grows. Our hope is that Noosa's churches grow. My hope is that, that, you know, that I'll have relationship with the Father, not just live in the moment. Verse 11 says, I indeed baptise you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, and he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Even John knew, you know, he was trying his best to not display any of the trappings of earth. So he wore the camel's hair, the wild honey and the locusts, and the people still came, they came to him. And he knew that even his words could have wooed them to him. So he went out of his way to say, look, it's not about me at all. There's one who's coming after me who will bring you a whole other level of baptism, who will refine you. Verse 12, his winnowing fan, this is Jesus, his winnowing fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out the, his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Church, let's allow Jesus to sift our hearts, to sift our hearts of those things that are not His so that we can say, for of Him and through Him and to Him are all things to whom God be glory forever. Amen. We know it's true, but is it true for you? I know it's true, but I want it to be more true, Lord. I want my life to visibly represent that of him and through him and to him are all things. 
Wow, verse 13. And then Jesus comes from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptised by him. And John tried to prevent him saying, I need to be baptised by you. And are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfil all righteousness. And then he allowed him. Here's the crazy thing. Like John, we're not worthy to do God's will. We're not worthy to do anything for him. Adam wasn't worthy to name the animals. Adam named the animals. And, the Lord, and Adam says to the Lord, I'm just imagining the conversation. No, no Lord, you, you would be better at naming the animals. And the Lord's like, yeah, I know. But I've asked you to do it. I want you to be my hands and feet. I want you to be my voice. I want you to tap into the creativity that you received when you were created by the Creator in His image. Church, it's time for us to tap into something deeper. It's time for us to be obedient to the will of God even though we're not worthy. Verse 16, when he had been baptised, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. For of him, through him and to him are all things. To whom be glory forever. Amen. The question, church, are you hungry enough? The Bible says the harvest is ready, but the workers are few. A man's hunger urges him on. Here's the truth of Christ and through Christ and to Christ are all things. It's true. I'm letting you know it's true. The question is, is it true for you? And do you desire for it to be more true for you? And that's my prayer for you today. May God stir our hunger in the direction of his will and of his ways. And may, and may we pursue him in such a manner. Maybe inspire. Imagine if we inspired one another to pursue him in such a manner that we were strengthened to the point where his will could be done as he sees fit. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning and we thank you that it is by your grace alone that we are here today worshipping you, loving you and praising you. So we take a moment and we consider your great will, not just for our individual lives, but for our collective lives. And we ask, Father, that, that this year be a year where that we don't seek our will, Lord. We seek to be present in the will of your full gospel. We give you permission once again, Lord, to transform our lives. Transform us so that as we follow you, our desire would be for an eternal life. Our hope would be in the glorious coming of your son, Jesus. So for each and every person in your house this morning, I ask that your hand be upon their hearts. 
that there be a stirring of your Holy Spirit as we enter this new year, that you would stir us to, with fresh eyes to see your will for this place. Lord, where we have distracted people, we come before you humbly and repent and ask that you would help people to see the authenticity that only you can bring. So we give you glory. We give you praise. In the mighty name of your son, Jesus. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching, that you've been encouraged and challenged. To stay up to date with our latest messages, you can subscribe to our podcast. For more information, resource or service times, please check out our website at noosa.church.